This is the Porter Tonecast, episode 25. Today we're going to be talking with Josh of <laughs> Josh Williams Guitars. What's so funny, Derek? I, I was getting it. Normally- <laughs> it's like the first time that we've ever recorded it and we were actually listening to yes. the music and I don't know why, but it just felt was, like it really caught you. <laughs> no, I was really fired up because usually I record it with the, the song in my head and then I, I'm like... Da, 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 yeah. da, you know, and I'm like, this is the border tone guess. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of lame, but that really got me going there. So, so thanks awesome. for surprising me with that, like hitting record and leaving the music playing. So <laughs> I don't know why I just lost it. Yeah, that's no, fine. Uh, we'll, we'll go with it. So yeah. this is gonna, this is uh, episode 25. We are so excited to have Josh, Josh Williams guitars on today. Um, I'm excited to be back here recording the podcast. So we were. Yeah. This is actually the first time in a couple of weeks that we've actually recorded something. So, uh, for at least I have. Uh, we were in Nashville uh, a week and a half ago, and we were actually driving and listening to the Guitars podcast at the same time. We were driving from Nashville to Memphis, so it was fun to listen to the Guitars show uh, with you. I and cut out ben all of our ranting about <laughs> how terrible our boss is. I know. So. I was I was getting pink slips <laughs> written up for all you guys on the car but then there was nothing that was fireable is offenses pink, is pink slips like a work thing or did that end in high school no it's it's like it's i mean it's like thing? the term you know like I i'm guess, gonna fire you here's okay. your pink slip nice but i don't know I, I that mean, anyone actually gives like a pink slip anymore okay. i'm not sure about i guess that, it's so. a good thing for you that i don't know that i mean it's kind of <laughs> signatory that i haven't really gotten into that much trouble at a exactly, job so. exactly so anyways it was fun to listen to that show and um so how are you doing, Derek? I'm really good. I I'm really excited about, you know, what just happened. I don't know why. I think I'm a little tired <laughs> and so it was way funnier than it needed to be. But I am also extremely excited about the conversation that we've had. I I've been following um Josh and Josh Williams guitars um for a little while now and he just makes some absolutely beautiful instruments and just excited to talk to him about it a little bit more. He's one of those companies that kind of stands out to me a bit, and so I'm excited to kind of see how see how the conversation goes and all that stuff. So before we rant too long, let's just go ahead and jump right into the conversation. All right, so we are here with Josh of Josh Williams Guitars. Uh, Josh, thanks so much for coming on the uh, Tonecast today. How are you? Good, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad to have you. been wanting to kind of do a run of guitar makers here lately. We've got a bunch of different guitar people in the in the industry that we've been working on and having on the Tonecast. So it's great to have you. Love to have you kind of get started, kind of a, introduce yourself, uh, your company, and, and kind of uh, just a, a brief background kind of on, on uh, Josh Williams' guitars. Yeah, yeah. So, um, gosh, let's see. I think we can probably do a short version or a long version. It's up to you. Um. I think uh, if we were to go back to 2004, um, I kind of started um, uh, started the business going out to school in Arizona for it. And uh, yeah, just, gosh, uh, there's a school called Roberto Venn that really kind of started piquing my interest on how to uh, build guitars. And so I went out there, um, graduated in 2005, and uh, let's see... Yeah, I started getting a, a job over at a, a music shop, and it really just kind of started from there back in 2005, so about 12 years ago, um, and uh, gosh, I, uh, 
I started building some small, small, like custom shop guitars, you know, not really doing much. Um, just kind of getting my, my, uh, my shop set up, getting all the tools that I needed. And then, uh, I uh, started building some acoustics the word started spreading that way. So it, it really, it really was a slow, slow growth, you know, um, just kind of making sure I had everything, um, dialed in all of my, you know, jigs and all of my tooling, uh, that type of stuff. It was, it was really organically grown. So yeah, I've been doing it for about 12 years and, uh, and just the past couple of years with Instagram and stuff has been, you know, pretty favorable for me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, that's just kind of, I guess how it started. That's awesome. And you, uh, kind of, do you do a lot of different sort of custom shop styles or I noticed on your website, you kind of, at least advertising wise, stick to sort of the like semi hollow and acoustic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I started out building mainly acoustics. I love acoustics. That's really kind of my heart and passion was the acoustics. And that's really where it, it kind of started. Um, and then, I started building some solid body stuff, some bases and some tellies uh, for for some people, and uh, they're they're great. I love building those, but my passion was still with the acoustics, you know. And and then I started getting some people asking me about building three three five style guitars, uh, these semi hollow bodies and stuff like that. And I was really reluctant to doing it. Uh, I don't know. I just. I didn't know enough about them, and to be totally honest, they weren't a guitar that really inspired me. They weren't, you know, I always thought, man, who would want a 335-style guitar? They don't look great to me. <laughs> um, so it's kind of it's kind of weird that I, I got into it. Um, but after getting uh, a number of people asking me, hey, how about you do a 335-style for me? And I, I, I decided, you know what, maybe maybe I'll take a look at it. Maybe I'll see how they're built, you know, and, uh, and maybe I'll give it a shot. And so there's this one guy who finally, you know, after bugging me for, for a while, Hey, Hey, build me a three, three, five style. I said, all right, well, let's, let's do it, but it's going to take a long time to do it. You know, it really is. It's going to take me some time because if I'm going to do it, I want to do it right. And I really want to study like what Gibson was doing back in that golden era, you know, and find out, uh, like what made them so special and how did they build it? What was the construction process like? And so I spent some time really studying what the construction was like for them. Cause I wanted to put out something really good. I didn't want to put out, you know, something that's got slapped together that looks kind of like a three, three, five. I really wanted to go back to that golden era. <clears throat> and so, so this customer, uh, his name's Mike. He, he really took a chance with me, I guess. And, and we built something really special for him. And, uh, and so he was starting to describe after I kind of understood what the construction process was like and stuff. Uh, we started to describe what he wanted out of a three, three, five style guitar. And, and it really came down to, he wanted something that had more of a warm sound, you know, kind of, a. uh, not quite Les Paul because it's hard to get a Les Paul sound out of a three three five, but kind of that warmer, that warmer thick tone. Uh, so instead of a, a, a maple center block, 
that 335s have. We decided to go with a mahogany center block just to give it a little bit the, the tap tone, the kind of the, the resonant tone of mahogany is, is quite a bit warmer than uh, the general maple center block. And so, so we decided to go ma mahogany center block just to give it a little bit more warmth out of it. And then to get some of that sparkle and that, that spank back out of the, the guitar, um, we ended up extending the scale length to 25 and a half inches. Um, so, so, so we, we, we decided to take this 335 style construction and then tweak it slightly um, to really fit his style because he wanted something that was have, have a lot of sustain, you know, some nice warmth, but then also add some of that sparkle back in it. So with a combination of the mahogany block with uh, the extended scale length to 25 and a half inches, put a little bit more tension on the strings. And, uh, <clears throat> and that's the red one uh, that has the, the diamond F holes, kind of that Trini Lopez um, kind of nod to, to the guitar. And, uh, and after that, you know, I, I talked to him, I said, Hey, Mike, uh, you really took a chance with me on this one, and I want you to name, you know, I want you to name the model. And uh, and he took a lot of time trying to figure out, you know, and really spent some time uh, figuring out what he wanted to name that model. And uh, and he came to me and he said, "Hey, I think we're going to name it Mockingbird." I said, "That's a great name. That's that's a fantastic <laughs> name." And but why? Why do you want? Why do you want that? And uh, and he told me. He said there's a quote that came out of this book. It's called uh, "To Kill a Mockingbird," um, which probably everybody had to read in ninth grade. I would imagine. I know we had two in high school. Um, and there's a quote in there that says, "Mockingbirds don't do one thing, but make music for us to enjoy," and that's why it's a sin to kill a mockingbird. And uh, it was quoted by uh, Harper Lee uh, in his book, To Kill a Mockingbird. And I said, Mike, that's a, that's a fantastic quote. Um, he plays at the church where I go, where I actually work there. Um, and, uh, and that, I think, just kind of poured into the heart of what the Mockingbird was about. And really the heart of what uh, the business kind of stemmed from was, I want these instruments to be tools. You know, I want these instruments to be something that people can use that inspires them that's really just a tool to draw other people into worship or draw other people into you know this um this way to uh worship god you know and and so for these mockingbirds to not do one thing you know they don't do one thing but make music for us to enjoy i was like mike i think you nailed this one i think you I think you have the right name for it. And so, so yeah, we, we kind of put together a, a design logo for it. And that's what goes on the pick guards of all of my mockingbirds. And you'll, you'll see it on the, on the pick guard. Um, and so, yeah, I just been ever since that release, things have just been, uh, really great with the mockingbird. They've, they've taken off and, uh, now I'm doing, you know, half acoustics and half mockingbirds and uh, i i decided to not do the solid body electrics much anymore you know i i decided to uh take those off the website and uh and really focus on 
on the acoustics and the semi hollows. So nice, yeah. I think that's kind of the. It, it seems like the less is more approach, which I, I was going to something I was going to ask you is kind of. I know that uh, a lot of builders will just build anything for anyone, and um, it seems like you've kind of narrowed your craft down to a couple different models and say this is what we do and we want to do it as best we can is that kind of your philosophy there absolutely yeah you know and and one of those things is something i wanted to transition from a hobbyist to more of a business was if i left the model open to um kind of a free form hey whatever you want i'll build you um i i love that and i think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that uh one of the incredible joys for me is really being able to uh, partner up with everybody that orders a guitar and say, hey, what are you doing? How are you playing? Um, and, and how can I help what you're trying to achieve? And so um, the fun in that is is really getting to know each and every customer. But the downside um, to having kind of this free-form business model is, is – uh, if, if I get all of these, you know, one-offs really, you know, uh, different guitar after different guitar, uh, production slows like crazy, you know, uh, there's, there's no more production, um, process. It's, it's a very, very slow growth and very slow, uh, uh, production going out of the shop. And so, um, I had to really minimize that and say, no, I'm going to really focus on acoustics where people can still have options within the acoustics, but there's there's models that they can choose from. Or there's the Mockingbird where, you know, you can still have customized options with that um, and really uh, uh, tone it to uh, to what your playing style is and really, really have it uh, reflect what you're doing. But to have this wide range of kind of this free form, hey, send me whatever you want and I'll build it to you. I, I just had to stop at one point to do that. So, um, yeah, and that's, I, I think that's, that's really the only thing was just so that way I can make it less of a hobby and more of a business. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, absolutely. With uh, a wife and three kids to feed, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you got to get money on the table there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was going to ask you too. So, so with Mike naming the guitar, would, uh, what if you came back and wanted to call the guitar Mike or some or Steve or some just something really random? What would you have done in that situation? <laughs> like obviously you liked Mockingbird and the story enough, but you know that would have been an interesting conversation. I imagine if he wanted some <laughs> some crazy name, you know. Yes, that's a I you know I didn't even think about that. I just had total trust in him because he had total trust in me, and that that's that's really what it came down to is he believed in what I was doing and, and what I was going to be able to uh, provide him um, that I had total trust in him too. So uh, I had, I have no idea. I never thought about that. I guess <laughs> I probably would have just said, uh, this is a one-off and I'll take it off the website. <laughs> right. So, so you're saying that the mockingbird may not even exist if Mike would have chosen a different name. Is that, yeah, like, is that possibility? Like, like Steve or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to call know, it Steve. Not. But it could have been revolutionary. Everyone's like, I want to play the Steve. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. It may but been. I mean, e even then, it's like, I don't know. It's like bands, you know, and their names. It's like, who would have ever thought to name their band this? But they they blew up, you know, and they're huge. Like Metallica, that's that's kind of a cool name, but not really a cool name. <laughs> sure. 
but they blew up, you know? And so, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Funny. Well, shift gears just a little bit. Um, we kind of ask all of our, all of our uh, interviewees this same question, but what kind of got you into guitar to begin with? What was, was there kind of a particular moment or a time in your life where guitar really became sort of the forefront? Uh, yeah, I guess it was. Um, I remember, uh, high school. So I guess I'm kind of a, a late adopter, but, um, I was high, I was in high school. It was freshman year and, uh, I was over at a friend's house and, and he got this, uh, this Gibson SG for, for Christmas. And I remember going over there and we'd go and skate at his house all the time. And, uh, I went over there and, and he, he started showing me this guitar and I'm thinking, no way, like how do you play this thing? And, and so for, for Christmas, uh, that following year, I asked, uh, for a guitar and I got this really, really cheap guitar. It was like a, a 49 or $59 acoustic guitar. Super, super cheap. Um, very difficult to play. The neck on it was, was very fat. The strings were really, really <laughs> high. And I remember I got it for Christmas that year and I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to, I'm going to be able to play this thing. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, I got lessons right away. Um, and that I think was a, a huge thing for me. So I started taking lessons from, um, He's a local guy here. Um, I'm in Southern California. Uh, grew up in in Oceanside, and there's a local guy that uh, played with the Steve Miller Band, and so um, I ended up starting taking lessons from him, and I I stuck it out for like four months, all the way till April, um, where when my birthday came and and my parents gave me uh, uh, an electric guitar, much easier to play. So. So they kind of saw that I was going to stick with it for a little while. And uh, and through high school, I mean, I would just play and play and play for, I mean, hours a day. That's all I did. I just, I loved, loved playing. And, and that's kind of where it started. And then after high school, um, I was 19. I just started playing on the praise and worship team at our church. And, uh, and then I remember playing like one weekend and then the very next weekend, uh, my dad passed away and I was, I was just kind of like, man, what is, what, what, what's happening here? You know? And I remember sitting thinking, what what do I do from here? You know, I'm just, I'm only 19. Like, you know, my mom has four kids at home. And so I just remember I was playing in a. I, I just started playing in a band at the at the time too, and I I, I quit college. I, I decided I was just going to stay involved in music and really just kind of en, en, engulf myself in in playing as much as I possibly can. And <clears throat> and so I did that for a year, you know. And and I had met my my wife now. Uh, I met her through the band. She became our merchandise girl and just kind of hanging out with the band and stuff like that. And, and, uh, we started dating and then I decided, you know what, I, I think I'm going to marry this, this girl someday. So I, I quit the band cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to wake up when I was 30, you know, and be like, what am I doing? I'm still trying to make it as a musician. And I just didn't want to try and do that. And, and so, uh, so I decided to quit the band. 
and uh, and and went out to school to Roberto Van, you know, uh, the guitar building school, because um, I wanted to be involved in music. I, I really wanted to be uh, involved with musicians and, and everything they were doing, and and so that's kind of that's kind of how it all started. It was just kind of through high school, and and then. Um, and really just kind of hitting a crossing a crossroads you know when i was 19 and figuring out what i wanted to try and do and and uh yeah that's just the rest is yeah (laughs) the rest is history the rest is history history. that's very cool so are you still in the uh like oceanside san diego area um i was up until about three years ago yeah we ended up moving uh just slightly north uh to temecula area nice yeah, so so we're up here now. Uh, my whole family ended up moving up here, and uh, and kind of drug us up with us, or <laughs> drug us up with them. So we're up here now, and I love it. I, I couldn't ask for a better place. I, I love it up here. So I'm going to ask you uh, an, another thing. We ask a lot of uh, companies is is the yeah. in, the artist angle, the endorsement side of things. Um, what's kind of your stance on that? How do you handle those inquiries and requests and uh, it's it's always really interesting for us to kind of see what people you know. There, it's a whole spectrum of uh, philosophies on that. So, why don't you kind of give us the quick rundown of of where you stand on on that angle? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I think uh, for me, I probably have the benefit of um, not knowing who people are. <laughs> I I'm uh, I I don't. I don't uh, spend too much time on social media, um, and so I really don't know uh, many artists' names or like you know who people are. So when when I do get emails from people um, or calls and stuff like that, um, I generally will just give them you know what what I quote everybody else. Um, but there are there are certain uh, times when, like um, uh, Nigel Hendroff from Hillsong, um, he had called me when he was on on the road, and um, and was interested in uh, talking about an acoustic guitar, and I was able to meet up with him. And I think my philosophy has always come down to um, how can I support people? And that's really what it is. How how can I support people? Um, and allow them to be inspired. Um, if 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 what I have to offer is going to allow them to do what they do even better and continue to do what they do, then I want to do everything I can to to make that happen. So if I can uh, if I can inspire somebody's journey, if I can be a part of somebody's journey, then I want to do that. Um, I, I don't give away too many guitars. Um, I think the very last guitar I gave away was uh, was Nigel's, and that was like uh, two two or three years ago, something like that. Um, and and it's not that I, I don't believe in it. I really do. I mean, we're we're a small business, you know. This this community is a small community of of people trying to bootstrap their businesses. They're trying to build a company um, without venture capital or, you know, without really, um, it's, it's, we're all trying to build the businesses organically. And so I I do believe there's got to be a certain amount of, you know, 
hey, let me let me uh, give you a guitar, and if you can help me with my business, you know. And that I think you see that through all different types of businesses. So I definitely believe in that. Um, I think for me, it's been something where a, a good friend of mine, you know, he uh, he was in this really down place, um, not feeling super great, not super stoked on his tone or anything like that. And he, he had played one of my acoustics and, um, just fell in love with it. That guitar ended up going to Nashville. It was living in a studio, um, doing a lot of, um, studio work with like, uh, Phil Wickham and Mercy Me and like a lot of those types of, um, stuff. And I was able to get that guitar back and I drove down to, I took the guitar, drove down to his house. It was probably 10 o'clock at night and he was super down and I, I went and knocked on his door. I gave him the guitar guitar, and I said, it's yours, you know, it's, uh, and he was just floored by it, you know, and, and I think that's where my heart is, is if I can be of support or help inspire and more of on a surprise you know, peace instead of, uh, Hey, let's work out a deal kind of, you know what I mean? For sure. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but <laughs> so now everyone that listens to this uh, podcast is going to email you and be like, I want to be inspired by your guitars. <laughs> I, right. Yeah. And, and honestly, I would, if, if I had the cash, I honestly would do that for every, I would love to do that just because, um, I don't know. That's in my heart, but uh, on the flip side, I've got three kids to feed, you know, and I got my wife to feed and uh, a mortgage and everything else. So there's got to be the business side of things too. And, and, um, yeah, I, I don't give many discounts. I don't give many guitars away for free. I would love to, maybe if the business blew up and I had tons of money to do it, <laughs> I would probably do it, but I, I just can't. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm sure it's kind of a common feeling with a lot of people. But uh, coming back so. to coming back to kind of some of your builds and that kind of stuff, you sort of specialize in a, you know a couple of, between acoustics and three thirty five style guitars. Those are a couple of hard guitars to manufacture, and definitely on the harder side of um, the whole guitar making craft. What are what are kind of for you maybe some of the elements of just a really good solid guitar? It's kind of a broad question, but. Things that stick yeah. out to you is just a great build, really seal the quality. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think um, I think there's got to be no shortcuts. There just there can't be. And so um, you can you can take wood, you can take solid body guitars, and you can build fantastic guitars um, out of them. Um, or you can take those same pieces of wood, same material, and build. Uh, not so great guitars. I think what really comes down to is um, the the neck has to be solid. The neck has to be um, it has to be playable. You know, people have to fall, when they pick up the guitar before they even play the guitar, it has to fit them, and it, they have to fall in love with it just from holding it. Um, I think the neck, the way it joins the body, is absolutely key um there's there can't be any shortcuts in there um 
And so there's a lot of attention that happens with that, the way I, I join every acoustic guitar and also every uh, Mockingbird neck. It has to fit re really, really nicely. Um, so there's a lot of attention there. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of how else I can just kind of take all of the, the <laughs> stuff you pour into a guitar and bring it down into 30 seconds. But, Absolutely. Uh, um, you, you can you can build uh, I think finish finish is great but finish isn't everything finish you can have a, a pretty crappy guitar with a really really nice finish and uh, and people will think it's great or you can have a really really nice guitar with crappy finish and it's just not gonna be appealing um, so there's some sort of uh, physical appearance to it that seems to be where people, people lie i know people take a they tend to strum a guitar and then they kind of hold the guitar to find out if it resonates and and this and that and those are those are probably some some truths to that but i don't know i think that's a good question i don't know what that golden thread is or what that <laughs> that 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 well, that silver bullet i just <laughs> every piece i try to do yeah. you know with with accuracy as much as i can i think I think you kind of hit on it right there at the beginning, as broad as it may be. It's just that idea of intentionality in every step and no shortcuts and that kind of stuff. It it really is true that there's no way to just get – there's no way to get a better product than to just put the time in to really make sure that it's perfect. You know? Yeah, yeah. That um, whole 10% rule, you know, people talk about too and it yeah. just it, – it all uh, adds up. Yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna kind of continue with the the building theme. So this is a two part question. So you can answer either part first if you'd like. Um, so what are your favorite parts about building and your least favorite parts? Oh, that's a good question. Um, on the acoustics or the mockingbirds? <laughs> you can you can answer that however you want. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My my favorite part about the um, my favorite part about the building is the finish work. My least favorite part about the building is the finish work. <laughs> I, and I don't know if that makes sense or not, but man, it is so time consuming and so um, just painstaking, you know, because you want to make sure it goes out of the shop correct. You don't want to have any flaws. Um, and that, that's probably the truth behind that. But um, I love... Uh, I love carving the necks. I don't know why. I just do. I love having the guitar up on the on the bench and just from the raw wood, you know, just uh, carving necks with rasps and files and and getting it to feel and and shape exactly how uh, we're wanting it to be, you know, with either the way that we have it specked out with with a customer or with um, what our standard neck profile is. And so I really enjoy that process a lot is carving the necks. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I've that seems to be a little bit of a theme too with some of the guitar guys we've talked with is like just that neck and having it come to life and get smoother and smoother and finalizing the shape and and knowing yeah. like you were mentioning before as part of the I, I mean I'm with you as far as the neck, you know, everything on the neck is kind of the the selling point for me too when I pick up a guitar. It's like how does it feel in my hand? How's the edge of the fretboard feel? How does the frets themselves feel and the radius and all that? So it's kind of like it's there's a lot of elements that have to be 
all aligned to make a really good neck. That's kind of the way that I think about it. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, there's um yeah, it can't it it can't be a really nice looking guitar, really great body, sounding great, but then if it plays if it, if you're fighting the guitar, you don't want to fight the guitar. You know, you want it to just happen. You know, you want you want to be able to just play it without thinking about it. And so yeah, there's there's a lot of attention that needs to go into next. Absolutely. Well, I've got to say, you know, you have created some absolutely beautiful and stunning guitars. I actually know it's funny you brought up Nigel's guitar because as soon as I got on your website, I actually remember watching, I don't know what it was, but I think they did a Vision Sunday or something like that, and he was playing that guitar all by himself up on stage. And I was like, oh, man, that's such a beautiful guitar. And then I got to your website and I saw the picture of it. I was like, oh, of course, Josh made it. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. But I, I got to encourage everybody, uh, go follow him on Instagram, all, you know, get plugged in wherever because you create some absolutely beautiful stuff. So as we're kind of wrapping up a little bit, why don't you kind of give a shout out to – um, all of your social media, your website, all that kind of stuff, and and anything else that you want to kind of advertise. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, you could go. My website is joshwilliamsguitars.com. So kind of simple there. Um, and then same with all my social media stuff uh, on Instagram. I believe it's Josh Williams Guitars. Uh, I I think I have a Twitter account. I. <laughs> I don't use it very often, so um, you can try Twitter, but um, I'm, I'm not very active on there. And then uh, Facebook, I have Josh Williams Guitars Facebook page, and then um, also a personal page on on Facebook, just Josh Williams. But yeah, I think that's uh, all of my social media stuff. Like I said, I, I post, I try to post like once a week or something, but I'm not super active. I wish I was. I'm just su- a super introvert. <laughs> so yeah. uh, uh, talking and, and, and getting my stuff out there and talking about myself is I, – I, I just get shy doing that stuff. So Absolutely. <laughs> I will say, though, a lot of these guitar makers that I know are crazy <laughs> introverts. I mean, we're – like Derek's way more outgoing than I am. You know, we're, we're hiding in the studio so I can do this. Like, and I'm not the builder. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I know, I, there's several guys I know in the industry. Um, I won't name them here, but they're <laughs> they're very, very introverts. But what I think is kind of cool about that, and I'm going to stand up for introverts here for a minute, is uh, that most of the time those guys are just, uh, you know, they're in the shop and they're working on the yeah. craft and they're they're not out there and they're not flamboyant and kind of pushing stuff, you know, over the top. It's just like, how do I make a good instrument? And you know, honestly, I think that at the end of the day, like that, that attention and quality actually goes a lot farther and it lasts longer, you know, in my opinion, because your, your instrument is your biggest form of advertisement and people that yeah. love it and they play it and they can't put it down or they can't forget it. I mean, that's like, that's priceless. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't want to build a brand on hype, you know, and have a personality that of hype, you know, I think that's just not not who I am, but yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah. I, I just love being in the shop head down and, uh, trying to build as best as I can, you know, and, and if I could remember to post something on, on, uh, Instagram or something, then I'll, I'll try and do that. But, 
yeah, I'm, I'm really just uh, focused most of the time. <laughs> That's great. Well, Josh, thanks so much for coming on the show today. We really enjoyed the conversation, enjoyed having you uh, on the show, and I just appreciate the the chance to talk a little bit more about guitars and kind of what you're doing. And so definitely for those who uh, got the social media links and haven't followed them, check out the Instagram feed. There's a lot of great stuff on there. Really fantastic build quality. You can you can just spend two minutes browsing through that and you'll be like, yeah, those are pretty nice guitars. So thanks again, Josh. <laughs> we appreciate having you and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Oh, thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks to everyone for listening. Uh, it was just, just a great time with Josh from Josh Williams Guitars. Uh, go ahead and you know hop on over to Instagram or his um, website, Facebook, all sorts of stuff. Give him a follow. You will not be disappointed with the guitars that he posts up on those places. They're beautiful, and they will make you want to spend a lot of money. So, uh, you know, that's always a good thing. So next week we're going to be talking to Kevin from Iconic Custom Guitars. Just going to keep the guitar builder theme rolling right here through this month. So it's going to be really, really fun. And go ahead and tune back in.